Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Welcome to the dark forest. www.darkforest.com or jackiecation.com. My name is Maria Bedford. I'll be your host for this episode. Audios by Patrick Brady. Music is by Mike Rickberg. Website is by Vilmos. Welcome, Jackie, to your own show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be at my own show. It's a mix-up. It's a mashup of Dork <laughs> Expedition and... We're at Hugo's Restaurant. We're at Hugo's Restaurant. Which, which is one of the best restaurants. It is good, and it's a... Uh, it's, it's something somebody could have an obsession about. But it's open all the time, so it's readily available constantly. So it's hard to have an obsession about there's it. There's a new one in the suburbs now. They they added one in Agora Hills. Oh, really? Yes. Is that something about being obsessed with something? It has to have sort of a limit to it in order to be obsessed with. Like you, you can't get it all the time. Like people aren't obsessed with air. Oh, I wonder who would be obsessed with air. It's uh, it's interesting. So I heard somebody do a joke about how they were a foodie. And he said, I'm a foodie. I eat three times a day. I'm yeah. also an airy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if... But I think, I think like, do you mean what's a dorkdom kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, an obsession. I think it's, it's, in, it's I, as I always say, it's enthusiasm, not information. Enthusiasm. Okay, okay, <laughs> enthusiasm. Okay, okay. So it's whatever you're psyched about. Well, the three dorkdoms that I know about you, Jackie, that you have are uh, romance novels... Uh, or reading, yeah. That, that reading is, in general. Reading in general. The uh, one that fascinates you is the romance. Right, I do. I, I, have, I do find that fascinating. Chicken and stand-up comedy. It's so true. Let's. Uh, you want to hop oh, right into it? Yes. Oh. Is there a way? Um, oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to the water. And the oh, that's great. Really okay. Yeah, I, I also enjoy coffee a great deal. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That is adorable. Yes. Yes. I'm obsessed with coffee too. Okay. Uh, Jackie, uh, for your first question, um, if you were to write a romance novel, what would its title, place, plot, heroine, and hero? Interesting. Yes. Here's the scoop. First of all, a fascinating story about my love of romance novels is that I once tried to write a romance novel. When I was 13, Katie... Damn it, I wish I could remember her name so that I could look her up on Facebook and poke her in the... And poke her. You can poke people on Facebook. But, uh, the... Because I started... She turned me on to romance novels. Previously, I was reading a lot of dog books. A lot of books about dogs. But then I started reading Harlequin Romances. And I got into Barbara Cartland. And the thing about Harlequin Romances and Barbara Cartland books is nobody has any sex. You don't even kiss until you're married. So when I was 13, I read very chaste romance novels. And then in high school, I got into these books that were called Second Chance at Love. And Second Chance at Love... Is that Divorcees? Yes. Divorcees and Widows. Karen Rontowski does a joke about being familiar. The Christian woman should be very careful because people know that she's familiar. Oh. And I'll tell you this, is that... um, I so I read those and then in college 
Because I don't read that many romance novels. Really? I mean, but you can read hundreds of them a year. And Do you skip parts? Oh, it's a big skim. It's a big skim. Because the plots are very simple. It's usually some guy rapes somebody. Oh, and then you exciting. Fall, and then you fall in love with them. And I don't know why. But I like the ones that were set in exotic places. Because okay. like if it were set in China or Australia or Europe. And then I got into historical romances. And there are well-written ones. There are ones like Jane Austen wrote a lot of historical romances. I like those. And there's a woman who wrote them, a British woman named Georgette Heyer. Who wrote in the 20s and 30s and 40s? She wrote historical romances set in like old timey Britain. Okay. okay. And uh, I like a historical romance. I have to not know a lot about the history because whoever is writing them usually doesn't know a lot about the history. And so if I know a lot about the history, I get mad. You know, oh, sure, Because sure. I'm like, that actually is true. And I don't read any of them that are based on Native American culture. Because those people have suffered enough. Yeah. We do not need... Don't have to... Yeah. Right. What, what was your initial romance novel about? Oh, and by the way, my stepmother put the kibosh on it. It was very much, uh, no. Uh, you can't is, write it? or No, it's terrible. She made fun of it. It's, uh, I tried to write a romance novel when I was 13. And I quoted, uh, I think it was uh, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we thinks the lady doth protest too much was actually a line used in it. Yeah. And I'd written like six or ten pages. Right. Handwritten, of course, because it was back in the 12th century before computers. Yeah. And my stepmother, she was like, I'll read it. Yeah, I'll read it. And she read Little it. did you know she was an anvil covered in a wet blanket. <laughs> She wasn't in a wet blanket, bastards. She was and a poisonous playmate. She was. She was very much whack-a-mole. Yeah. And so she did it, and then she was like, okay, this is horrible. And she said it's, I mean... Do you not- realize that she was wrong? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I knew that she was what, right. What, 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 what was it called? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't remember, but there were probably horses involved, because it was right after the horse-dog years of my rating. So I think it was set on a ranch. Okay, a ranch. And, the, and I was reading a lot of Louis Lamour books at the time as well. Was there a young lady? There was a young lady who, um, and there was a guy. There was always a guy, and his name was usually Steve. Because uh, I liked the name Steve a lot when I was a kid. Uh, it's a strong I, name. It's a strong name. I've gone on to like the name Jack. Oh. Who doesn't like the name Jack? That sounds Jack. like a nice, yeah. strong guy, doesn't it? Yeah. You know. And do, do, did they, were they, did you, you didn't get to the saucy parts in those first 12 pages? No, I didn't give my stepmother any sort of saucy parts. I think that, and I, and it was, I was 13, so I was reading very chaste once then. Okay, okay. So. Now, in today, if you had to write a romance novel oh, right, today, right. what would be the title of it? Well, and would it be (laughs) that actually would not be a good name that would be a terrible name I think I would have to be like um, I would want first of all if I was going to write a romance it would be nice to write it about Scottish history because I don't know anything about it and I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about massacring it (laughs) and what I could do is it could be called Highlander Lust or Highlander Love and it could be about men in kilts and it could be I've, there's also remember the time traveler's wife. Yeah, um, I know it was popular. Right, it was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. People seem to be reading it. Right, and it was. 
the review of The Time Traveler's Wife was that it was a unique romance because it was set, it was all about time travel and romance. And let me tell you something about time travel and romance. There are buildings that could be filled with time travel romance novel. Time Traveler's Wife, not unique. Oh, not yeah. unique at all. Yeah, it's yeah. covered. There's a there's a, a bookstore yeah. in Minneapolis called the Paperback Exchange. Oh, yes. oh thank you so much. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, so it's called the Paperback Exchange. Hello. We just got our meals, by the way. Jackie, what are you having? I'm having a lot of fresh greens with a couple of uh, over-easy eggs on top. What are you having? I'm having a lot of fresh greens with some chicken on top. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hit the pause button again after lunch. Okay, so your romance would be a Scottish historical novel. <laughs> yes. And what would the heroine be like? What might be her name? I don't know. Okay. It's interesting that... Because the thing is, is, is my romance dorkdom isn't really a dorkdom so much as just sort of me silencing the, the voices in my mind with, with a book. Okay. That's very easy to read. Here's another weird fun fact, though, about romance novels. Very hard to get them published. Oh. They're poorly written, and yet, and there are millions of them, but it's very hard to get them published. Would you proffer, uh, like, what is one of your favorite plots that they have? Like, if you, if you have, like, a favorite plot where you go, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, right. Like, well, I will, um, like, there's sometimes where it's magic. Like, sometimes there's magic involved. Like, this woman, Amanda Quick, it's not her real name. Uh, <laughs> she, she did a bunch of ones where there was a mixture of, of mystery and magic and so it's it's probably they're as bad or as good as the Twilight books or so because it's 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 just sort of fantasy also and then I read this series based on like a family and um it was about six cousins who all find true love inside their family. No, <laughs> it isn't set anywhere weird. I suppose though, Great Britain is an island. There is a lot of inbreeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think so. Uh, I think that uh, they, they, they went out. And the, the problem recently is that I've been learning a little bit more about British history and English history. And so when things are, and I usually read books that are set in the Regency period which is like 18, right around 1815, because that's when Georgette Heyer wrote, and Georgette Heyer actually knew, like she was actually a scholar and had like information and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Why, why that period? I don't know. I like, because I don't know, there's, it's, uh, everybody seems a little more dashing, a little more interesting. Okay, okay, because that's pre, is that post the Industrial Revolution or pre the Industrial Revolution? Pre. Pre. It's pre, so it's a lot more bucolic. Oh yeah, horses. Yeah, horses. 1840s is when, because um, I've read some that are set in like the 1840s, and it's, they're less fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. What are the like three things you have to have in a romance novel? Do you think? Well, what are the what, if I read the back of it? Yeah. It's got to be sort of funny. Oh, it's got to be kind of funny. Oh, really? It's got to be funny. I have the deepest voice in the world behind it. Pick him up. 
right, you might be a sense good sense. hero. Hero <laughs> character. <laughs> right, right. What would you write? I mean, I don't oh, know. Oh, what would I write? What would you look for? Because you've tried to read them, and it hasn't worked out. Yeah, I'm positive. I'm really No, I can't answer any questions. I'm the interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like about Maria's like, I'll do the door for us, but I can't possibly talk about me anymore. I'm done. I'm over it. Okay, so it's just funny, but it's obviously not going to be funny to the person who wrote it, right? It's not a funny. It's quippy. You know, like quippy. Oh, I see, I see. Like, not like Spider Man, we're in. Yeah. We're in a romance novel. Oh, so much. Okay, is there one with Spider-Man in it? Probably, I've never read it. Well, you know Spider-Man has romance. There's Mary Jane. Right, right, and he can't have a full-time job, but he can't tell anyone because he keeps has to. Oh, he keeps has to borrow money from his aunt. Yep. How do you do know it? But he's a, a scientific genius. He like invented those those the web slayers and stuff. Why doesn't he work in science? Why is he a photographer? Because he has to be Spider-Man all night. He's got to be Spider-Man all the time. That's why he can't get a full-time job, Jackie. It's the. It's, <laughs> a lot of my ex-boyfriends have fired that character. Okay, <laughs> uh, I as well. I do like the character. Um, so um, that's terrible. Um, okay, Jackie. Uh, Maria. Uh, Jackie. How does chicken make you feel? Oh, it makes me feel full. Full. Okay. It's lovely. Here's the thing about chicken. It was the only thing that my stepmother was good at cooking, and it was the only thing. And it's very easy to make chicken. It's uh, it is a very simple. You've made the chicken of the gods. You've yeah, made yeah, the yeah, basic, yeah, 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 basic chicken. Yes, I have. And it it's is just delicious. salt, pepper, a little bit of butter, and then you bake it for a long time in in a hot hot oven, and then it's crispy skin, and it's not fried, so it's pretty good for you. Right, right, right. And then you just sit there and you eat it, and you eat a lot of it. And uh, and I like I like dark meat better. Yes. But I, for some reason, I buy a fried chicken instead of just buying thighs, which is what I only want to eat, really. I just want to eat chicken thighs in real life. Yes, yeah. If, if, if my life were my own. Yeah. It really is when it comes to chicken. <laughs> but here's the reason I don't buy just a giant bag of the thighs. Is I think it's somehow healthier to buy a whole chicken and cut it up. There, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That sounds that sounds reasonable. Well, because they're less processing. Like, if I buy a packet of all thighs, I just think... A bunch of hands have been on there? Yeah. It's like rubber gloves? Yes. I just think that a lot of people have touched it, and a lot of, there's been a lot of opportunities for it to have been on many different surfaces. What if you just hand me a chicken, I would wipe, I rinse it off a little bit, and then I just cut it up myself. What's the best starter chicken you can you can get on the market? Like if you go, it, it does it have to be organic? Is that what it is? The best? I like what I like to call a chicken that chose to die. Okay, a free range chicken, a chicken that that, that lived a good life, and then we we, we ended it right, right. sadly. Um, yeah. But what was the chicken going to do with it? Was the chicken going to write the Great American novel? It wasn't. So it doesn't matter, right? And they're tasty. So get they are. They are tasty. I've, I've, so I would go with an organic, free-range chicken if you can. If you can. What's second step down? Like, let's say you're in a smaller town. i just go whole chicken. I would just whole go, chicken, okay. Yeah, try to, you know. What I like is the guy behind you is having lunch with his friends on the phone the entire time. I've had that happen. I disapprove. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. Um, no, okay. What 
What is the worst chicken you've ever had? That is an excellent question. How could you ruin chicken, you say to yourself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those nuggets. Oh, from McDonald's? I don't care. I don't care where they're from. <laughs> I'm going to just take a stand and say all nuggets. Okay. You, and also, ground chicken. You've, you've ruined it if you've ground chicken. Ground turkey, for some reason, kind of okay. Ground beef, don't have a problem with it. Ground chicken, I feel like you've ruined a chicken. I don't even know how that looks like. It's very white. It's pale. It's pale. Okay. What is what's the last chicken you've? Oh, you just had chicken. A little bit of my chicken today. I did. You had, you ordered that nice green the nice chicken on top. Was it nice? Oh, what what? What's I had to stop making chicken for a little bit because uh, when Andy and I first moved in together, yeah, I said I hope you like chicken, and if you ever get sick of chicken, just pipe up, and I'll make something else. Yeah, yeah. And many years have gone by, and only recently. As he said, what about some pork? Ah. And, uh, because at first he was, he was very supportive. He said, if I don't have to cook, that's you know that's a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and so, because like, I could seriously just eat that salt, pepper, garlic, a little bit of butter, chicken. I could probably eat that every day. I could okay. probably eat that five times a week. Okay. Um, so I tried it. I went and I, I, I got new recipes. I will put them in the notes. I would like one more. more and, uh, and I made like this Moroccan chicken with coriander and cumin are involved. I made this other Mediterranean one which uh, where you uh, marinate it in yogurt and mint. And that's quite nice. A little cayenne pepper. And... Um, yeah, I just ate. I could eat more chicken, it turns out, right now. Have you ever made a chicken that has been un- inedible yourself? When I first started making chicken, I wouldn't cook it enough. Oh. And then I'd eat it anyway. There's a terrible, terrible admission. And then I didn't, and then I wasn't killed. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, you didn't lie. Because it could have been botulism. It could have been salmonella. It could have been all kinds of things. Were you just, you urgently needed to have the chicken, and that's why you had to take it no, out I early? Thought, I didn't know what done looked like. Oh, right, 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 right. You right. know when you first start cooking, and you're yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, that looks sort of like that's what it looks good. like in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally know that. Okay, what's the, f- oh, when's your first memory of having chicken? Oh, it has to be when I was like seven or eight. Okay. Eight, I think. Yeah, that was Nancy's reign. That was Nancy's reign. Prior to Nancy, um, there was no cooking. Right. Oh, no, I remember it might have been... No, no, it would have been Nancy's reign because I also remember we never had Kentucky Fried Chicken when my mom was alive either. Kentucky Fried Chicken's amazing. It does. It's not even really a chicken. Yeah. It's its own food. Yeah. It's sort of like when you go to Taco Bell. There's no meat, right? Now we've found out that there's no meat in there. What? Yeah. 35% I didn't know that. meat, they found out. 35%? Meat. What is the rest of it? Gluten? I know. Sawdust. Sawdust? I don't know that. There is some trouble. Gluten. Yeah. Okay, well, that's. Oh, I'm fine. Okay. But, oh, you know what? I will have some more ice. That'll be fun. Thank you. Let's just do it. If you had a dream chicken <laughs> dinner dream team, oh. like who would you invite? Where Jamie would it be? Okay, you'd invite. He'd come over to your house and it's like a put somebody like a chicken situation with people, like okay. where it was like a party. Like what would be your your dream situation? 
Dick Cavett. Jamie Oliver. <laughs> It'd be like the Algonquin Round Table yeah, with yeah. chicken served. Chicken served. It'd be pretty awesome. And uh, you would have to come. Oh, that would that's be real nice. And Aaron Foley. Wouldn't that be oh, nice? Oh, that would be nice. Who wouldn't want to play apples to apples with and James Urbaniak? <laughs> It'd be an Ira Glass. What the Ira Glass? Sure, sure, sure. I actually don't know him well enough. No. Uh, but he'd probably be pretty darn good at uh, oh yeah, at apples to apples. And who doesn't like apples to apples? You remember apples to apples? I do. I That's can't. that one where everybody gets three minutes, so it's really good for comics. Because uh-huh. you, you're holding a handful of nouns, and then someone throws down a green card. And... Oh, and then you describe then you, it. Yeah. Then then and then you every like there's an adjective like. Horny, and then oh. you have hippopotamus, and you throw that down, and you're like, This is not horny at all. Right. And uh, everyone gets to judge all the different Like, one person gets to judge all the green cards. So it's a fun game. You like okay, it. I know, I know I've played it. I know I have. Um, back to you, Jackie. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, as I described, <laughs> the thing you did. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be like James. Be really fun okay. to have just Dick Cavett, maybe just Dick Cavett and Jamie Oliver in the same room together with yourself and myself and Andy, and we would have and maybe grilled grilled chicken. Grilled, grilled chicken. chicken is nice when you do that yogurt marinade, then you grill it. Okay, okay. Charcoal, not gas, by the way. Charcoal, like gas. Would uh, oh, this is a question back to uh, romance. Okay. Now, one of your jokes, Jackie, is that you have no expectations uh, in relationships. But then romance creates the highest expectations ever. It really to, does. To, so I was wondering about that. Like, because uh, I know that people say watching porn doesn't affect their experiences of sex. Like, mm-hmm. they go, oh, of course I don't expect uh, people to go for eight and, hours. And romance and, novels are nothing but porn. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that is, that is the comparison. And it is a valid one. Because romance novels, the expectations are, A, that opposites attract. Right, That's right, the yeah. first expectation of romance novels. Okay. And then the second expectation is that um, there's going to be, like, this super fire. Like, the passion is going to be unbelievable, right? Right, right. And then the, uh, the third expectation is that it's just going to be smooth sailing all the time. What in the sack as well as out of the sack? How did you let go of those expectations after reading? I I still have some of those expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think I think in moderation, much like porn, uh, in moderation, opposites. Like it is interesting when somebody likes something you don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the dark forest. Whatever you know, weird thing you're into, and so. Yeah, so I, I don't... You, it, everything just gets toned down because we're in real life. Right, 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 right. right. And there is passion, right? right? right we right. all have passion. We're right, all very right, excited right. to be making out and, right, right. And, and touching bits. Touching bits. Bits are very exciting. Uh, and bits are very exciting. So, yes, yes. so there is passion. But then you're like... What is rarely addressed in a romance novel yes. that is lovely in real life yes. is the learning experience once you've spent some quantity time together. Yes, and know everything. But right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't. That would be neat to have a mid-romance romance novel. Oh, right, right. Like, how are things going year 12? Yeah, year is 12. Is it still working? Yeah. Or whatever, right? Yeah, that'd be, I mean, that would be really good romance novel. <laughs> I like that. And then every page would just be sexy, dirty parts because they already knew each other. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that Oprah book of the month? Mm-hmm. That could be done. Um, 
Okay, that's it. Because I, I thought that, that was really hopeful. Because I, you with the, because yeah, you don't seem like a person who has expectations, and you know, and so. But whenever I think about, you know, when people talk about porn, I go, how could that not uh, affect your expectations in sex? Well, if you are totally watching porn a lot, but maybe it, it isn't. You know, it doesn't affect anything. Or maybe it does, and it's just part of it. You know, like I don't know. Like sometimes if you're you're having sex and you. And you drift off. I don't know. Like, because you want to live in the moment always. Yeah, yeah. But even during sex, I can imagine. Yeah. Let's talk hypothetically. Yeah, let's no, not no. Have any sort of let's say you're a person living in France. Yes, the French sometimes or think Nairobi. to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Or Kenya. Yeah. You're in Kenya and you're doing it. And you drift off, and you think to yourself, "I remember what happened in that porn." Oh, right! And you're like, "And that seemed nice." That seemed nice. Why don't I pretend that I'm in that very dangerous porn situation, but I'm with my my loved one? Yeah, so it's actually pretty nice because yeah. it's not so scary. And that guy <laughs> is raping me. Right, he's um, actually <laughs> gonna punch me at any point. But I think to myself, anticipation. What if I were ordering dinner? Yeah. What if, what if we were having sex, but we were out at a restaurant? <laughs> oh my god, that's like a combo. Yeah, how could you combine all your darkdoms of romance novels? Uh, I never chicken want to, no, no, and stand up. Leave my chicken and my and my. You want them separate? Yeah, I don't want any food involved in the sack. You know what that sounds like? Like I'm gonna have to clean that up. That's mm. what it sounds like. I'm very tidy. Mm. I, I tend to. Mm. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Like, okay. It sounds sticky. Okay. It sounds <laughs> okay. Okay. Regarding stand-up comedy. Regarding the stand-up comedy. What? Over your lifetime, and you can narrow it down. It doesn't have to be. Let's do five-year chunks. No, it's fine. No, no. What was your best show ever that you remember feeling the best after or during? Weird. Um, In your whole life. In my whole life? So far. Do you know? Yours? Mm -hmm. You do? That's so weird. They're all such a... What's yours? If you you would be willing to share... Mine this is, small little um, I like balls. Oh, it was a balls event. Yeah, yeah. Just one night yeah. at the Southern Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota at one in the morning. Yeah. Going up in front of Brian the Fan and Leslie Ball, following lesbian drumming or Native American dance, or lesbian dance or Native American drumming. <laughs> Back to you, Jackie. What's your favorite? That was that. No, no. I actually need. I need to know more about this to try to find my own. How to, uh, it just feels so good, and every time I go there, it feels really good. Just because it's so positive, and everybody's on super board. positive and super loving, and I do. You know what? There, are, there are lots of places like that. You know, it's like sometimes when I'm at Acme in Minneapolis. Okay. And you're just sometimes it's usually at Acme when I'm uh, when I'm just in the zone, you know. The balls is really good because they're so giving. Yeah. Most of those storytelling shows, which is surprising to me, right. you know, 
you know, do the storytelling things because those people are willing to sit through some silence. And I'm not good with the silence. But if it's a storytelling show, I give myself somehow permission right, right, right. to not make them laugh every two seconds. Right, okay. And um, if it's a stand-up thing, I will talk faster and faster and faster to make sure I get all the jokes in. All the jokes in and make them laugh, 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 laugh. But um, the... Yeah, so, like, here in L.A., Akbar is oh, one of the yeah, most yeah, yeah. forgiving places and most supportive places. It's that gay bar that Aaron Foley and Bruce Daniels run on Tuesday nights. And it is... The audience that comes to that, they're like, what weird new thing are you thinking about? It's sort of like the UCB crowds, where, the, where, the, where they're comedy nerds, right. they're comedy dorks, and so they, <laughs> they want to hear whatever you're thinking about. And... But I have sometimes I get I get down on myself at UCB, so I don't have as much fun as I should be having, because those audiences are really supportive and really want you to have a good time. But I get in my head because there's so many kind of fantasy, you know, yeah. you know the darlings of the alternative. <laughs> you know, they go up and I'm like, oh, I want to be loved as much as Zach Galifianakis or Patton or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's just comedy, right? Yeah. 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 What uh, what is your worst show ever? It was the, it, every time I go to Atlantic City. Hmm. You know, I do that joke about North Platte, how much I don't like North Platte. North Platte has nothing, nothing on Atlantic City, New Jersey. Atlantic City, New Jersey, first of all, I didn't know what I was doing because it's, everyone's super old. I've only done it twice, and they were super old. The first time, and I talk too fast for the elderly. I've actually had them tell me, like, you got to slow down. Right. Give me a minute to get the punchline. Right, right. And the last time I did it, it was... There were a lot of kind of Jersey Shore kind of Goomba guys, and they it's not that they aren't smart, and it's not that they don't get stuff. But for some reason, they want you to start out. Karen Rontowski told me this. She said, you got to start out real shock jockey. you got to swear to get their attention. And then you have to tell, like, 40 minutes of material in a 20-minute segment. Would, would you go back again? Well, that's the funny part about it, because, uh, you know, I did it, and it was a nightmare, because it was the only time I've ever had my time cut. I was doing 25 minutes. 20 or 25 minutes, it was J.J. Walker, me, and then Manny Oliveira, who's the headliner. Oh, J.J. Walker, who was the star of the show, Dino Mike guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He emceed, and he was telling jokes. They were very old-timey kind of jokes, and so they didn't set it up really well. And, you know, everybody's, as you say, everybody's journey is valid, they're very lovely, everybody's doing their thing. But I, it was a bad fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it took me till Wednesday, because I was there Monday and Tuesday. Two shows a night, Monday, two shows Tuesday. On Wednesday, it took me till Wednesday to figure out how to do the 20 minute, 40 minutes material in 20 minutes. So I went in on Wednesday, and the club owner, the club manager goes, Hey, you know, uh, I got a call down from uh, the club owner. 
We're gonna cut your tongue. Right, 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 right. And I feel like someone had punched me in the gut. Yeah, yeah. That's never happened. Yeah, it's happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. You're just like, (laughs) I'm the only one. I was so mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm shocked I didn't just burst into tears out of nerves. Yeah, yeah. But because it's just nerves that would make you burst into. Yeah. Painful. It's, painful. it's painful. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't do, but the working part of stand-up comedy, I never think I'm not going to do well, you know? It's sort of like, I was in college once and had a poli-sci professor say, he was talking to a couple of us, and this other woman who were there during his office hours, and he said, what are you guys thinking about doing with your poli-sci degrees? And I said, well, I was thinking about going to law school. And the woman just, the other girl turned to me and she said, you know, by the year 2000, one out of every ten Americans are going to be a lawyer. Which, of course, is like one of those one of those statistics you're like, where did you pull that out? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, that that's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. But I turn by year 2000, everyone's going to be an asshole. <laughs> by the year 2000, you're going to be an asshole, is what I should have said to her. Because you already aren't already. <laughs> well, I said, you know, I'm not planning on being a crummy lawyer. I'm planning on being a good lawyer. Right. So it won't matter if there's a million bajillion lawyers. Right. I'm not going to be one of the shitty lawyers. Right, right. And so whenever I do something, you know, I always plan that I'm going to be good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which can backfire because then you think, well, if I'm not really good at it right away, I don't want to keep going. Yeah, Like no. improv. I took one improv class and I was like, oh, I'm not very good at this. I guess I won't take two. Yeah, it's a bummer to... It can be a bummer to fail or learn or fail again. Um, Okay, Jackie, if you had... (laughs) I like that a lot of your questions are, what if you had to do something? Yeah, if If you had to rescue an animal and carry it with you in your purse, what animal would you choose? A tiny horse. (laughs) I'll tell you what it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a spider. I don't enjoy spiders. I saw a black widow in our backyard today the size of my thumb. And the rule with black widow, the rule with spiders, because I, I made a pact, I made I made my peace with spiders many years ago. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Anyway. Yeah. Sometimes. Because uh, I used to have spider nightmares. You put a letter to them in your god box. <laughs> <laughs> we had a deal. We had a deal. Because I used to have nightmares about spiders where they would rain from the ceiling, and I would I would wake up screaming. Oh, that's a horrible dream. <laughs> that's a horrible <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, no. I was like, what, was I raised like Harry Potter underneath the stairs? <laughs> anyway, but... Um, so the rule with spiders is if they're in the house, they're dead. You are dead to me, spider in the house. Okay, yes. If you're outside, that's where spiders belong. And they're doing good work, right? No, no. Unless you're a black widow, and then you're dead to me. But the black widow I saw today over by the lemon tree, so big, I couldn't kill it. It intimidated me (laughs) to the point where I was like, I'm just going to spray it with the hose. Oh. And then I'm going to go away. And, uh, and the thing about spiders, they live through water. They live through water. They do? I'm pretty sure. Even high pressure water? Like uh, uh, like they're being uh, I think my protesting spi- at a whatever? I won't use a civil rights reference. <laughs> I like to, um, the Birmingham spiders. Birmingham. <laughs> they marched. They marched in Washington. Um, what, uh, this little horse, 
would it be would it be a Palomino? Palomino. Oh, oh Palomino. Palomino. And would it be a boy or a girl? Horse. You know what? It would. I think I would like a mare. I would like a girl horse. And what would her name be? Star. Oh, that is so cute. It would be my little Palomino star. Oh my god. Jackie, could you please write a romance novel where you have a little horse and you're in Scotland? And you guys, and you do. Are there even moors in Scotland? That's the thing about. And you're doing the, you're doing the road, uh, in Scotland, uh, jonglers. Like you're doing a bunch of comedy clubs. You've been to Scotland. See, that's the thing. I would be particularly suited to write a romance novel set in Scotland, as I've never even been to Scotland. Oh my god, that'd be perfect. Yeah, just what you think Scotland would be like, and then you. Okay, so your character. I can definitely romanticize Scotland. So the guy is the main hero. His name is Jack, and he's the opening act. And you're staying in the condo together, and you make him chicken, and he wears a kilt. Anyways, oh, I think so what you've been doing during this entire forest? <laughs> trying to pitch you some sort of game where I am writing a romance novel. Yeah. <laughs> you have a tidy horse named Star. Okay, um, only Jack would see it. Okay. Would you like to see my tiny horse? Magical tiny horse. That's what I decided to call my vagina. Jack, my tiny. No, Jack's the name of the guy. Sorry about that. It all works. Um, Okay. Now. Oh, now this is, I don't know. Do you have, like, some goal in stand-up where you go, okay, before I... I win now? Before I die, I'd love to do this in comedy. Do you have any goal like that? I'd like to do Conan. All right. I'd like to maybe... I'd like to do more in comedy on television. Okay. Just because there's a certain amount of validation when you're on television. It doesn't mean that the shows aren't real. Because I'm gonna, I'm thinking, I'm gonna tape a, a, a live door forest next next week or this okay. week in Chattanooga. Okay. And let me tell you something. It may not uh, be recorded. It may just exist and then be gone. Just be there for the 30 people who see it. Oh, great! Yes. It might be. It might be just something. Because it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Yes, it happened. This is happening right now. Right. And whether or not Patrick Brady can filter out the guy doing side work next to us, where he's stuffing Splenda into little boxes. Well, that's kind of fun. I like a atmospheric. Are we like a door next? I do. I love. I do. I do love it. Um, now. Okay, uh, let me see. Um, Jackie, I don't know if you noticed, but we're growing older. The aging you? Where do you see yourself? Um, in 10 years, I'm going to be 51. Okay. Uh, where do you see yourself at the age of 50? Uh, I am going to be 56. Okay, okay. Let's not tell people. Okay. I don't know that. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's thousands of people. Oh, now, yeah, no. You're like, how are you going to hide it, Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr last night had a very funny plastic surgery. That's what I think is funny is a lot more comics are doing, as we get older, the comics around us are doing jokes about their real lives, you know? Like yeah, yeah. Dana Gould has that awesome plastic surgery bit. And then Bill Burr has an awesome plastic surgery bit. And I think... Um, I see myself, I mean, I think 
the whole world, I mean, we're, we're having, you know, especially in the United States, we're not really, I mean, all the new babies are all Mexican, right? Right, right. <laughs> Maybe Nicaraguan <laughs> or somehow South American. Uh, no, I want. I love that you just went right, 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 and then thought about it. Was like, what? What just happened? Was there racism? They may consider themselves Chicano, Chicana. <laughs> they might consider themselves American. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Is, no, it, it, there was some. I read something about how like all the uh, the fastest growing part of the the American population is Latino, right? And so. What is my point? Yeah, what does this have to do with the aging process? The aging process is that so... People with more melatonin people, in their skin. Right, and the disparity between the rich and the poor... Oh, yes, yes, yes. ...is just Whitey has all the money. Yeah, yeah. And I have become quite successful financially. Yes. Uh, it's all working out for me. You. I am able to purchase many comic books a month. <laughs> and uh, I'm buying new books instead of used. And so... That is a good feeling. It, I, the slicked I, covers. I almost slick. today over at because I went to the Best Buy to find uh, an attachment for this recording device in an effort to bring out. Patrick would like me to use some sort of sound buffering system in these torque expeditions, but um, Patrick is uh, the Patrick Brady does Brady the Brady does the auto on darkforestradio.com. Nice work, nice work. <laughs> and uh, there's a donation button if you want to use it. Oh yeah, why don't you use that donation button? Uh, have, guess nice. what? Uh, this lunch wasn't free. <laughs> it's Hugo's. It was actually quite expensive. So I don't know where I see myself. In. I, there's part of me that's just doing more of this. You know, I like, I'm really liking, because I've always done more storytelling on stage, stand-up-wise. I'll always do stand-up. I'd like to write a book. Okay. Um, the thing about what writing a book. What would you write a book about? I think it would be stories. Okay. I don't, I've never. Like been, memoir? Yeah, memoir. Memoir. The crazy thing is, though, wouldn't you like to write fiction? Have you ever thought about writing nope. fiction? <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I don't. Fiction is a hard, hard thing. Even if it were about a tiny horse and a guy named Jack and Highlands. <laughs> See, I think, I think you, I think that's written itself. I mean, you don't. See, now you think a romance novel writes itself. And then if you sat down to do it. No, it's serious business. And then you couldn't get it published. Jackie, that's what we do. What? When we tour on the road, we start working on a romance novel together. All right. You know, it could be a slow thing to do until... And then we could self-publish. Yeah, we could do it until... And we'll give it away for Christmas in 2014. 2000, two years from now. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe we could do is... No, we could, but it could be like an endless project that we don't that we don't <laughs> we finish until our nineties. No, 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 sound. nothing. I want. I like that old idea of nothing happening, that it just keeps being made. Oh, right, it never gets published. <laughs> yeah, yes. And never ever, we just continue to write it. Forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just uh, that's true art when no one sees it. Yes. Um, but does it match our couch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more and more interested in that and stuff that nobody sees. <laughs> Just secretly creating yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. In, in a closet. Yeah. If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Because if, if you make art and nobody reads it, is it really there? Yeah. Oh, for sure it is. I've been enjoying it. I've, been, I've written a lot of jokes, told myself jokes. In the car, 
and I don't think anyone's there to hear them. Pretty sure. Big except, Brother may Except, except for me. Except for me. Right. And you've written them and you've thoroughly enjoyed yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So that's a valid fun. form. Do you think that's I'm it? fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. The oh. individual, oh, showcasing for yourself. <laughs> I like it. Okay, two more questions. When you were a kid, what did you create? Or what did, what were your favorite things to do creatively? Like, if there's an assignment at school, what was your favorite thing to do? A favorite memory of mine, and this is something we could do on the road, Maria, is Mrs. Kelly, my fifth grade teacher, to whom, by the way, my sister Darla was her favorite student, and then I came along, and I was not her favorite student, but my fury knew no bounds. Yeah. And I started the Hate Marianne Schwartz Club. Anyway, uh, Marianne Schwartz, by the way, perfectly nice woman, uh, is, I believe, a stewardess uh, at this time. But... But deeply flawed. <laughs> she was flawed in fifth grade. She was mean to me. So, uh, get this, get this. Uh, went on, by the way, to play an excellent trumpet in high school band. Really? Let's talk about Marianne Schwartz no, for ten no, minutes. No. no, here's a scoop, though. Mrs. Kalth had a great writing example. And what it was is she would take words from... The, it was very improv because she would take different suggestions from the, from the class... And then create a story title. Oh. And then you had to write a two-page short story oh. based on that. And I, I don't think I kept them, which is very sad. But uh, I do remember that they were always like the toilet paper roll that took over Manhattan. Or, you know, like Yay. she would like put together like a long sentence and then you had to write a two-page story on it. And that was that is one of my favorite memories from school as a child. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... The one thing I remember, I used to have them, is when I reread them in college, I remember that one of the recurring themes was children beating up adults. It was always some, <laughs> some child, you know, finding criminals. To the death? No, no, just essentially, it would be like a citizen's arrest kind of thing, where the child, it would be like, you know, three investigators kind of thing, or, or, or Nancy Drew kind of, where... Even though Nancy Drew is 16. I mean, that, that is an adult almost. But you would the, but the it would main be like character... a 10 year old. And would the 10 year old take a, a punch at people? Oh, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, take them down. And crime was, uh, crime was fought by children. All right, the main child was the protagonist. And, uh, yes. It was a girl child? Or? It was usually a boy. I think oh. in fifth grade, I wanted to be a boy. Okay. Because boys had to. Uh, it was always better. Yeah, I know. They could do whatever they wanted. They got to do whatever they wanted, uh, and they were never judged for it. Yep. yep. Indiana Jones is nice. Yeah, get dirty. You, you get dirty. And I, because I used to, that was the other thing, is I used to play this game called Imagination, where I would uh, make my TV shows and movies that I saw come to life in my backyard. What? And, oh, yeah. That's right. awesome. It was, uh, yeah, my, when I was, I think when I was about 10 or, it was 10 or 11, 9 or 10, my dad was like, you're crazy. And my parents told me I was crazy and that, um. My parents do. Right on. Not in those so many words, more clinical. Oh, right, right. No, they said, you're insane. And so I started writing a journal to Sigmund Freud when I was 10 years old because of MASH, the TV show MASH, where Dr. Friedman, uh, his journal he wrote to Sigmund Freud. 
And so I wrote to Sigmund Freud, and I'd be like, how can I stop playing imagining? I mean, if you read these journals, all it is is me obsessing about trying not to play this game, imagination, imagination. I played it all day today, and I would just go in the basement, and, like, the furnace was my time. I mean, it was like... That's awesome. It was, and I played Tarzan's boy a lot. I was, uh, I was Tarzan's boy. And, uh, yeah, because Tarzan had a boy. And I obviously knew that, uh, you know, there was no, there was no Harry Potter. So, I obviously knew, though, that these were not my real parents. And that I had, was destined for greatness. And so I made, uh, bow and arrow. Oh in the backyard. That was my favorite thing, because I would make a bow. I stole a bowstring from the archery club in the summer at Ross and Grade School. Possibly should make an amends for that. Listen, there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> and I would use, uh, I, I made a bow, and then the arrows I would sharpen on the sidewalk. You know how okay. you, you, you scrape it on the sidewalk and you make a point. And then I would try to hunt rabbits in our uh, backyard. <laughs> Spent a lot of time alone when I was about 10. Me too. Yeah. What happened? All right. All right. There we go. And now I, we spend time together. Yeah, I know. That is oh, nice. Wow. That is nice. Nobody's alone anymore. Um. So okay. So if I gave you, this I built is an igloo t- when I was uh, one winter was the best thing I ever built. An igloo because it was remember you know in, in Minnesota and Wisconsin yeah, yeah. the the drift. You could just dig into a drift. Yeah. And create an igloo. Yeah, you got your snow cave right there. Um, it was cold, though. <laughs> <laughs> what about your tiny horse, Jackie? Um, <laughs> tiny horse had to be left to <laughs> Um, Okay, now, Jackie, if you... Uh, okay. Okay. I'll just ask you one question. Yeah, this could be because we're, okay, we're, we're almost, almost done. Okay, okay. Um, okay. Jackie... What advice would you give to yourself of 10 years ago? Um, like 10 years ago yourself, like what advice would you give about like career relationships? Because 10 years ago was before I met Andy. Oh, 10 years ago was actually a big time ago. Because I was trying to figure out how to live my whole life. Right, right. Like if you if you want... I've always thought that comedy was kind of a gift. That I found it so early when I was 19. Right. That it was something that I really wanted to do. Right, Because right. a lot of people don't know what they want to do right, with their right. lives. So, or they know what they want to do and they, they just... Like a lot of dorkdoms, you don't make any money at it. And stand-up comedy is true, it's true as well. You yeah, don't make yeah. any, you know. Most people just, if you're lucky, you make a, a small living at yeah, it. Right, right. And if you're super lucky, you make a good living yeah, at it. Right, and then right. There's nine people who make a bullet. A bullet of money. Yeah. And so, but the. I would say just keep going. Because ten years ago, I decided I wanted a whole life. Like I wanted a boyfriend. I wanted to. Um, I wanted to sort of get held with your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's LA will do that to you. And it's one of the good byproducts of Los Angeles is yeah. that it will allow you to be self-absorbed. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> everybody's doing it. <laughs> it's just like it, it allows you to go. Well, I'm going to be better for my family, and I'm going to be better for my friends, and I'm going to be better for my career if I take a nap if I go work out if I eat vegetables or if you know whatever or if I do that thing that I've always wanted to do right right which is I have always wanted to crochet nets 
or angels are real, I'm going to yeah. learn how to smelt <laughs> myth world. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can do whatever you yeah. yeah want. Whereas other places, I mean, like, I was just in Houghton, Michigan, and it seems like maybe you could be a drag queen and do Shakespeare there, but... You might want to kind of a hard Chicago. sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, might have case. a smaller club. Right. You. I mean, when my brother Scott moved to Omaha, he was he was moving from Chicago to Omaha after living in Chicago for 17 years. He said, "You've been to Omaha, and you said you liked it." And I said, "The thing about Omaha is that it has a like like everywhere. It has a very small but vibrant, vibrant artistic community." Yes. Granted, you're hanging out with the same 20 people. Right, all the time. You know, those are the people that you got to... Those are going to be your friends. Those are going to be your gaming buddies. And there's probably going to be three of them that you really like. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're going to hang out with the other 17 because they're the only ones that that love what you love. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that doesn't make them, you know, that you don't like them. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be imperfect. Yes. Which is... What would you tell you? I mean, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. What would I tell myself 20 years ago? Uh, what would you tell yourself 20 years ago? Yeah. Like 20 years ago, I didn't live here. I did stand-up comedy. What would I have been? I would have been, I guess, 26. And I would have lived in Minneapolis. And I drank like crazy. Like crazy I drink instead of I might have told myself to let, might want to respect the booze a little bit more because uh, I, I, I would still maybe get this drink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting obsession. Yeah, yeah. Really? Really? That's, that's the advice? Yeah. Well, I want to slow down so you can kind of uh, to keep doing drag this out. Drag this out. Drag this out. <laughs> I would definitely tell myself to, you know, to, to be to be nicer to myself, you know, and not to remember to have a whole life and to make sure that I that I that I did everything I wanted to do. <laughs> That's good advice, right? That is good advice, Jackie. Jackie, those are all the questions I have for you today. This has been another fantastic episode of the Dark Forest. And for more on Jackie Cation, why don't you go to JackieCation.com or YouTube it. Or uh, why don't you come see her perform at any number of venues all across the country You can and come and the see world. me perform opening yeah. for Maria Bamford. Oh, yes. Or yes. you could go for MariaBamford.com. You might want to look under MariaBamford.com's with Jackie Cation, which, which is often listed. Yes, yes. On your schedule. As long as I've remembered to list anything. But, uh, right. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's the new marketing theory of not letting anyone know about anything. Right. We can follow everybody on Twitter. Keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. Just tell yourself jokes in the car. Yeah, yeah. That's my new. That's my new pitch. It's like your so showcase what, of one. <laughs> yeah. What's the? So what's the demographic here? Me. <laughs> my hat. My hat. My hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat. My hat. My hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?